Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Spoonbill Restaurant in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. At the end of the day, business is all about sales. You might have a revolutionary idea for a business or a product. You might even be a genius. But if you can't sell, you might as well leave your brilliant ideas in your desk drawer. The art of sales is a particular skill, and it doesn't come naturally to everyone. That's why Reese Terrier set up his company, Fulcrum Sales and Marketing. Fulcrum is a professional sales staff who you can hire to sell your great product or idea. The benefit to you as a business person is that you don't have to hire, train and pay your full-time sales staff. Reese and his team at Fulcrum set up meetings and pitch your product for you. Reese, in a world of outsourcing, cost-cutting and increasing specialization, it's amazing no one out here has thought of this before. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Marcus Deskent has the polar opposite take on sales. Marcus is a horticulturalist and the owner of a company called The Urban Naturalist. Marcus was on Out to Lunch back in 2016. At that time, he talked about his unique landscaping gardening business that flipped the traditional concept of planting flowers in the front of your house and fruit and vegetables in the back. It was a concept he was calling the edible garden. Marcus hasn't totally quit doing landscaping, but he's scaled back that side of his business. Now he concentrates more on selling plants he grows and sells up to 40,000 plants a year. His nursery is open 24 hours a day. And here's the final statistic. The number of salespeople that Marcus employs, zero. Marcus dramatically cut his overhead by disbanding his sales staff and selling his plants and garden products on the self-serve honesty system. And apparently, it's working great. Marcus, welcome to Out to Lunch. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Reese. There's a number of steps to making a sale. Step one is getting in the door and getting the meeting with the right person, the person who can say yes. The next step is being able to make a sales pitch that's convincing. The final step is called closing. That's the magic moment when you look at the person across the desk and they actually do say yes. As I understand it, Reese, your freelance sales staff will set up meetings and pitch a product, but the final step, the closing, is delivered by the owner of the business. Is that how Fulcrum works? And if so, why? Why can you think someone who admittedly can't sell can do a better job of closing the sales than experts like your staff? <laughs> that's, a, that's a really interesting question. And one that um, we're learning is a challenge, right? And the challenge is, is our clients are coming to us to help them sell. Um, what they're really coming for, to us for is to do the activity to get them in the meeting so that they can sit, pitch and close the deal. Um, so to answer your question directly, it's been something where we've seen that presidents, owners, executives, salespeople are, are very confident in their abilities to close a deal. But when you, when you get them in a lot of meetings, sometimes their abilities are not um, where they really need to be. The challenge that we really solve is that company, you know, there's two sides of every company. There's sales and production. And so most of the time, a company gets to the point where the production of whatever good or service that they're producing overtakes 
and distracts them from the selling. So what we can do is is remain um, or provide a consistent focus on the sales side while they're supplying the production. Now, um, an interesting thing that we're doing is we're just we're getting our clients more at bats, and with more at bats, you have more hits naturally. Um, so that's that's kind of so you're yeah. niche, but you provide a very yeah right. an important service. Right, Marcus. There used to be a fairly non-PC sales joke about weight loss that went something like this: lose ten pounds of ugly fat, chop off your head. <laughs> okay. If it's funny at all, the joke is yes, you'll be ten pounds light, lighter, but you'll also be dead. Increasing your profit by letting go your sales staff sounds like the same sort of thing. In theory, you have tons more money because you're not paying your sales staff, but you'll also be dead because you won't have anyone selling anything. But it turns out that joke is not on you. You're in fact more profitable now that you don't have anyone selling for you. It's possible that your business or the plant business in general is some sort of aberration, that people who buy plants are more honest than the rest of us. It's equally possible that we've all gotten used to a system that's cumbersome and un necessary I know it sounds crazy but I'm gonna ask you this seriously as someone has actually done this do you think the honor system would work in other places like Target or Walmart um, you know to a degree uh, we, we self check out there but we expect to be under surveillance so I don't know I mean the, the general public is getting way more used to self checkout throughout I know I go for self checkout in Target or Walmart because the line is just much faster so I mean and in truth, most of us have already had that position. Uh, a lot of us have already been the checkout clerk. I know I did, you know. So most of us can work the checkout machinery just fine. And we just, you know, sometimes you find solutions in the past. This is an old system that I just reiterated. And um, it's allowed me to to have the business open 24 hours a day or whatever your schedule. Yeah, you know? I don't have to, we don't have to look at the times you're open. We know we can just go. Right. And people can either text you or just go on to PayPal. There's about five different methods to pay. So it's very flexible if you want to use cash, PayPal, Venmo, credit card. So cash, you have a little box there. There's a drop slot on the shared door. So some folks like to use cash. Some folks uh, request a, an invoice and they can pay that online with Venmo, PayPal, or credit card. So do more people still come during the day when there's actually someone, well, you, there to talk to? Do, they, do you get more people coming there, or do they not mind that there's no one selling to them? Um, they don't always mind. You know, some, some plant lovers are introverted, and they don't mind going somewhere and not being bothered or, or haggled, you know? So, so I have both types. I have some people who much rather the customer service, and I'm, I'm around most days from 10 to 2 to do that, you know? And then some folks really like to be able to just walk through at any time they choose, it, whether it be nine o'clock at night or six o'clock in the morning. So you talked about like in Walmart or Target, they have surveillance. Do you also have surveillance? You know, I did add surveillance mostly for me to study, to, to monitor, are people getting it? Or are they getting down and thinking that I'm just ignoring them and I'm not out there to, to help them? So it's just for my, you know, my study. So if I arrived at nine o'clock at night and took three plants and only paid for two, would my video be up on Facebook the next day? No, no. It's more to, to understand, like, are you, are you understanding how the system works, you know? So, I mean, if you obviously need some education, I'll reach out to you and say, this is how the system works. But 
there are signs uh, available, you know. So, and it's a pretty simple system. I'm, I'm really not afraid of the uh, the theft part. That's that's not it. It's more to know um, is my system actually um, compatible with everyone? You know, am I am I compatible enough? Reese, we talk about sales as an art, the art of sales. We hear it all the time. Is sales an art or is it just persistence? Well, I think it's an art and a science. You know, there's a, there's a generalized formula for success in sales. Um, and you, I've studied that formula a great deal. And so you're obviously it's something you love and something you've learned about. Why are you not out being a top salesman for another company earning billions of dollars and then sitting back and laughing why are you helping other people sell things right well i just i i saw a giant need in the uh local marketplace um and the two big problems that i thought i could solve and i, I am solving is number one we have great talent coming out of ul lafayette um, young bright ambitious hard-working sales and marketing students and they're coming out and no one's really taking a bet on them to hire them as their entry-level salespeople. And Are people so, still scared of going into sales because it's like that smarmy salesman that we see on like you know British comedies? Yeah, well, I think I think that um, archetype is kind of going away. Um, it's still there, obviously. It, you know, it's it's why there's a million different terms for the word salesperson. You know, so this is sales and marketing. Are they the same thing to you or different things to you? Oh, they're completely different. You know, I think there's a lot of overlap between... I'm going to ask you this as well, Marcus. I think there's a lot of overlap between advertising, marketing, and sales. Um, traditionally, the, the former uh, college instructor in me wants to kind of give you definitions, but, you know, marketing does the research to empower the sales and advertisers to propagate a message that resonates with the customer. And then once that message is landing with the boots on the ground, it should the feedback loop should go back to marketing and that's a virtuous cycle at that point, but it rarely never happens that way. So Marcus, do you ever think about sales and marketing? I think of you more of a story brand. We know who you are and what you do. And so to me, that sells itself. Is this a conscious thing you do or is it just? Um, I, you know, as a one of the things that I do every day, I try to say three things about a plant every day. And um, that, just keep it simple, you know? one plant say three th great things about this plant and uh that's kind of my you know that's what i do and you put that on facebook or instagram sure i put it on facebook and then another thing i do is um i think the general public really likes it when you solve a problem for them especially when it's at no cost to them and you've become the expert around here like i see your name on facebook tagged the minute anyone's asking about any kind of plant you are always tagged in it to answer the question and, and i'm not an expert on all plants uh, you know i'm pretty good at edibles herbs and i'm getting better at flowers and natives you know it, the cool thing about plants is that we never learn everything there's just always more to to figure out so but yes, I try to help people out with their problems. A lot of people don't necessarily understand what the plant is saying, you know? So if they can understand the language, then they get better at gardening and they get the, you know, green thumb. You used to do a lot more landscaping and bigger budget things and yes. you cut right back to that. And they yeah. often say that 80% of your sales come from 20% of your products. So do you have one thing that's like a best-selling product that basically makes your living? I've got some good plants out there. You know, the cool thing about plants is that 
I'm fishing, and I've got a lot of different lures I can put on the end of my hook. I can try Mexican torch sunflowers, moringa trees. I can try out different types of milkweed. Tell us about moringa trees, because so, I, I hear you talking about them all yeah, the time. Yeah, so moringa's a good one. You know, that one, that one sells well. It's a high protein, high calcium, high iron, in a plant form that tastes like spicy spinach. You can cook it a bunch of different ways. You can prep almost every single part of the tree, you know? so. The whole thing is edible. It grows really fast in our climate, and no one's heard of it until like and a couple of years ago. And how many of these do you sell a year now? I, uh, moringa trees, uh, you know, a few thousand, but they're they're five dollars a piece. It's you know, it's 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 one component though. You know, I've always said that you need some diversity because the goal is to get the customer to walk out with a full flat. They're only going to buy one moringa tree. You can't just have a one-hit wonder. You got to have a bunch of great products laid out ah, there so the that they, that they can't leave without. You know, I try to offer plants that aren't represented in the big box stores that are harder to find in the other plant shows. If someone else is growing it, I'm done. You know. If if I could chime in, please so do. I love the fact that you say that's where the sales comes in, because really what Marcus has been doing all along is describing the sales process. Right. I mean, good salespeople, they establish authority from the get go and build credibility. And he's obviously an authoritative figure. That's why I refer to him as a story brand. It's, it doesn't feel like it's selling, but it's also correct. And, and furthermore, what we do for our clients is what we what we've learned is that our clients tend to put a lot of barriers in front of their customers to buy their products. Give me examples. So, for examples is for example, is people are really. Um, prone to complicating their messaging and so they, they make things really really complicated. It's because they know their whole company and then we do all the these things let me tell you about all of them. Correct and they don't want to sell to one customer so they don't speak to one customer they try to speak to everybody and when you try to speak to everyone you speak to no one and so what Marcus is doing is he's speaking to one customer at a time and he's, he's even said it himself he said I like to be very simple right well big companies trying to sell big products they overcomplicate it so what we do is we remove those barriers by fo focusing on one value proposition that the target audience is going to res resonate with the most so do you believe there are natural born salespeople, or can you teach anyone to sell i really believe that i can i can teach and not just i but almost anyone can be taught how to be a good salesperson. so what would be the first lesson the first lesson would be uh you have to take a crash course on how to relate to people right like everyone buy everyone wants to buy from someone that they like and trust and so you have to be able to build likability and trust trustability if that's a word between I someone trustability is a word yeah, now trustability is a word now so you have to be able to do that um but when you say like you're a sales company is it one. then hard to build trust with a sales company well it, it depends on on do you do you uh, assume that salespeople are untrustworthy? You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Marcus Descant from The Urban Naturalist and Reese Terrio from Fulcrum Sales and Marketing. We'll be back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Reese Terrio from Fulcrum Sales and Marketing and Marcus Descant from The Urban Naturalist. Marcus. You don't have any employees anymore, but there are days you need things done. So, like, I know you have days where you need to repot a lot of stuff, and there's just you. Yeah. How did you solve that problem? Again, you look back in the past. We've already solved this problem. You know, there, 
Apprenticeship systems, uh, they still function very well in Europe. It allows you to, to have a good helper and also teach them a, a, a trade, you know. I think horticulture is drastically overlooked as a, a real profession for, you know, the next generation. So it is a good profession, you know, you get to work in beautiful gardens. Uh, you get to do what most people want to do on the weekend. It's, um, it's not a bad gig. So I teach people how to grow plants better in exchange for their fingers and hands to help me make more plants. And we discuss plants and I send them home with plants and I pay people with plants. It's like, you know, if you can make your own currency, that's, that's the ticket. You know, so I give them lots of plants to go home and try and I can watch them flourish. So I have an apprenticeship program too. Um, Tell us. Yeah, so it's interesting. What, what, I, what I've done is I've realized that um, I think everyone can be a good salesperson if they find the right, what they're passionate about, right? And because uh, I would say that if you, if you caught Marcus on the street and asked him, hey, are you a salesperson? He'd probably look at you and say, no. <laughs> but when it comes to horticulture, he's a salesperson, right? And, and so any, he, you know, he considers himself a problem solver, someone with authority. That's what a good salesperson is, problem solver with authority. And, but anyway, my apprenticeship program, the interesting part about it is uh, what I'll do is I won't pay the apprentice, but I'll teach them how to be a good salesperson and how to make good cold calls and how to be a marketer. And that's a one week long program that they do it for free. But what I'm giving back to them is the education and the experience. Yeah, they, they would can, normally pay a lot for that. Right, and they can walk away from that program and put it on their resume and say, hey, I've made 300 cold calls. I've done this kind of thing before. And so it helps them get that entry-level job that they otherwise so couldn't get. How does a company find you? How do you sell what you do to the outside world so that companies know to use you? Yeah, so I do a lot of outbound sales for my own self as well. So I'm re Okay, describe what outbound sales are. Yeah, so there's kind of two... people like Marcus. Yeah. There's, there's kind of two types of, of marketing or sales, right? There's push and pull. And so push is what is called nowadays outbound. Um, pull is inbound marketing. And so most companies use a blend of both, a push strategy and a pull strategy. A pull strategy would be one where you're putting out messages or maybe putting on events or doing podcasts or doing radio shows and pulling your customer towards you, yeah. right? So yeah. you're, you're <laughs> he's like, yeah, I do a lot of that, <laughs> right? And so a push strategy would be one where you're sending out a direct mail piece or you're making a cold call or you're sending out a, an an unsolicited email to someone and saying, hey, I think I could solve a problem that you have. So are those things, do they still get results cold calling? Because we've all like got our phones and we oh, don't yeah. answer any call from I, any I number. I discussed it. I mean, yeah. I, and now our phones say scam like I see why you put us together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but like, yeah. No, no. So tell cold, us about... I, I hate plants. I would... No, I would... I've never bought anything on a so cold call. So is cold calling, how does it work? Is it just a numbers game where you make a thousand calls and somebody accidentally yeah. answers? I'm interested uh, yeah. yeah tell us about it so in the last nine months we've set 400 appointments with cold calls how many cold calls did that take a lot you know that number upwards of probably around 4,000 4,000 to get uh you said 400 400 okay all right well that's actually better than i thought yeah who's bad. answering the phone is this business to it's, business it's all business to business yeah it's a lot of business to business. That's typically our specialty is B2B calls. 
Um, but you have the people that take the time to make those calls mm -hmm. so the company doesn't have to and the company can just get the results from those Correct. calls. Correct. Correct. Mm. Okay. And so what you know what we typically do is we we focus our effort on one very um, big problem that the target audience would have and we focus on how do we solve how does our client solve that problem so you're a local company do you just work within Lafayette or do you work nationally because Lafayette doesn't everyone know everyone by now <laughs> you'd be surprised so we work like locally we work really well with companies that are trying to scale na nationwide and so you know there's people all over the nation that never heard about that company uh, so we work with those brands um, I am working with a company from New Jersey so I can work with anyone from the United States uh, the phone knows no boundaries so you type the number in yeah hit dial and it you can reach somebody Absolutely. so is most of your, your work cold calling and traditional sales skills or is it like content advertising and things so like that that would be inbound marketing right and so we're building up the competency to be to do inbound really well because like I said you should hire Marcus to teach you <laughs> right well what you you know if you start solving some major problems and you know like garbage you know like it, and it's it's amazing how little money it takes to turn trash into treasure right. it really is I saved up I'm sorry to cut you off no, no, not I at saved all. up my aluminum cans for the last three years I smashed them I bagged them I brought them out to sell I got 20 bucks you know but but people still sell those cans right. they do they still pick them up and that is the last piece of litter you'll see on the side of the road but it, but it's because it has a price on it right if there was a, a recycler for plastic plastic would disappear gone yeah, you gotta incentivize bottles <laughs> talking about incentives see he is he's yeah. talking about incentives bottles you know like bottles it's mad that we had the solution and we just threw it all away you know a reusable bottle Oregon is bringing back a state used bottle for their breweries and it can be rebottled 60 times you know so and poof, glass problem goes away Right. You know, and what I wish you everyone do, could see Reese's, the delight on Reese's faces. <laughs> You're explaining these perfect sales strategies. But what you do is you create a wave. You know, you could either ride the wave with us, or you could try to tread in the wake behind us. You know, because you could either ride the wave, or you could ha allow regulation to strong arm you into it later. Because, look, no matter who you talk to, plastic is an issue. You solve problems that are across the board issues. You become an authority for in my opinion, advertising, you know, and without, you know, and you, what you do is you allow advertising budget to go to like recycling, you know, it's beautiful, in my opinion. Reese, explaining sales terms, what he's just said. I mean, he's basically saying that um, the, the problems that he's solving are basically the once you can articulate those problems that he's solving the way he's articulating them, that's your pitch, right? It's the challenge is, is most people don't know how to articulate why they do what they do, how they do it, and what exactly it is. So it. rather than just having a sales force that goes in and takes over the you know the cold calling, do you spend a lot of time with your businesses, getting yeah. to know them and helping them craft their pitch, taking what they talk about and saying, ah, oh, this is your pitch and right. this is what you need to sell. Well, to, to relate to what Marcus is an expert at, you know, what, what we do is we, we start, so we take a lot of time, we learn the business, we learn their, the audience, because the, the audience of who they're trying to sell to is way more important than what they're trying to sell. 
I'm more interested in the, the, the audience. Who am I reaching out to? To me, marketing is a question and sales is a question about who, not about what. Who is this person? What problems do they have? And how do what we have solve that, right? And so what we do is we focus on the who. We do a lot of research on the who. Then we start to learn the what, the why, the how. And then we, we craft a kind of a preliminary outreach message. Here's what our outreach email is going to look like. Here's what our cold call script is going to look like. Here's what we need to share and talk about and problem questions we need to ask to uncover the problems. Now, what we do is with the first month or, or two months, we're planting seeds, right? And we're looking at, well, which seeds are going to grow and which seeds are not. And so it's a casino. It's a casino. So yeah, what happens is some of those seeds grow and some of them don't. So we look at the ones that grow and we say, well, what did we say to those guys? <laughs> and so we start to very quickly reiterate the message, get it better, and plant more seeds, and hopefully the yield's higher. Right? Can, and we just I keep totally It's relating. the same business. Yeah. yeah, it's the same business. When you're trying to sell someone something, whether it's a product or yourself, there are a million ways the other person can say no, but there's only one way to say yes. Getting someone to agree with you and buy what you're selling can come naturally to you, or it can be the hardest thing in the world. Reese, you see the world of sales from all perspectives, and you're one of the fortunate people who know how to sell. Marcus, you've come up with the most revolutionary approach to retail sales in the history of urban retail, and it's working. Thank you both, Reese and Marcus, for taking the time to join me today on Out to Thank Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Marcus Deskin, owner of The Urban Naturalist, and Reese Terrio, president of Fulcrum Sales and Marketing. You can find out more about Marcus's plants and Reese's sales by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. Today's show was engineered by Blake Langanay. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page, and on Instagram. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, and you can find all of our podcasts on itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us between shows on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out of Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live at Chopsticks Restaurant in Lafayette, where East meets Southwest, authentic Chinese cuisine prepared with fresh local ingredients. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali's Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, 
and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants. 